Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Very good. Today is Thursday, March 31st, end of the first quarter of 2022. I tell you, you guys, it's whipping by. Is it just me? None of you have told me if it's just me. So, um, yeah, three buds down on 2022. Let's see here. So we have exciting news today. Uh, today is the release day for, I have to check it to make sure we get my details correct, Fierce Hearts. Um, Fierce Hearts is subtitled a 2022 charity anthology of romantic fantasy and fantasy romance. It's like right on brand, right? Uh, for Ukraine. So this is a fundraiser put together by the gals at Romantic Fantasy Shelf. Uh, Miranda Honflor and Jessica Fry put a huge amount of work into this and all proceeds go to I'm sure the details are somewhere. <laughs> I know that they're being very responsible, but it's going to relief efforts uh, for Ukrainian uh, refugees and war victims. And it does include a story by me. Um, what it is, is the preface and first two chapters of The Storm Princess and the Raven King. Yes, it is a special sneak preview of that novel. My work in progress. Um, consistent listeners may recall hearing me mention a week or two ago that I'd gone back to revise uh, those first couple chapters just to make sure that it um, flowed correctly. Um, there may be changes by the end, but it's, now I feel fairly locked in. This is a big departure for me because you guys know I don't like to really share stuff before it's like done, done, done. But um, important cause and I didn't really have anything else to give them. Uh, you know, like they wanted something about 5,000 words and reader, I do not write things. <laughs> that are only 5,000 words, which is ironic because I started out writing short and now I don't. So I even considered giving them like an old thing. I was looking back over stuff. I just didn't have anything that would work. So that was what they suggested. Um, this work in progress. It's um, a couple of chapters basically of uh, Selena and Ryan with each other. There's a lot of that in this book. Um, some of you have mentioned, I did mention that I have the pre-order links up. I recommitted. Um, Longtime listeners know that I did have a pre-order up. I pushed it out twice. I couldn't push it again. Um, and I went ahead and um, canceled the pre-order. So now thank you all for pre-ordering again. The pre-orders are stacking up and I so appreciate that from all of you. Um, I announced that the other day that the pre-order links were up and 
a couple people commented that I have been teasing you with this romance for a very long time. And it's true. I've enjoyed the tease. Um, I have been accused more than once of being a tease, but I feel like in the very best possible way. So, so yeah, it's, um, I, I wanted to play with this kind of thing. Like if somebody does in a, so, okay, let me back up. It's too much. Allow, allow me to sum up. Um, <laughs> and now I'm going to lose my train of thought. Okay. Cause I started thinking about the princess bride. Okay. So I've always been someone who doesn't believe in second chance romance, which you guys, this is actually a second chance romance, isn't it? It's like my least favorite trope. I don't like it in books. I don't like it in real life. Um, I'm a believer that whatever went wrong in the relationship the first time to blow it up the first time is going to happen again, unless somebody really truly changes. And so that has been the theme of Selena and Ryan's relationship that Ryan did something unforgivable because he was being a little shit and it comes from his fears and his personality flaws, but he broke Selena's heart. And we know this from the prequel novella, the long night of the crystalline moon and throughout the ensuing three books or the first three books of the series of heirs of magic, they, um, going back and forth, fighting a lot. And he wants to get back together and Selena does too, really, but she's trying to be smart because she knows he, that people don't change and that Ryan hasn't changed. I'm going to have to fix these names. <laughs> For the transcript. So that's what I wanted to play with was how do you show a character really changing? And, and I wanted this to take a long time because I feel like a great flaw of many romances, especially like rom-coms movies, uh, they don't give the characters time to really truly change. Change takes time. Um, it can happen in a moment or it takes a whole lot of time. Um, and usually when it happens in a moment, it's as, it's as the result of a whole long time of, um, maturing and reflecting. And so that's what I wanted to show was Ryan getting his shit together as it were. And so it's been interesting to write this book, especially since it's the culminating book in the fantasy arc as well. So I'm having to resolve all of that at the same time. It's an interesting challenge. The reason why all four of these books have, what's the word? I'm blanking on the word. I want to say prequel and that's not it. <laughs> Prologue. Jesus. I mean, I just said it a few minutes ago, right? The reason that these books have prologues here, I'm breaking my own rules again. Maybe this is life as a creative. We're forever breaking our own rules. Mm. I normally don't like proposals. Proposals. What is my problem this morning? 
like a little bit of phasic. <laughs> prologues. I don't normally like prologues because I feel like if it's backstory, then you need to fold it into the story. If it's actually the beginning of the story, then it should be chapter one. Um, the Orchid Throne has a prologue because my editor asked for it. I don't love it. I've talked about this a lot on here. I know many of you do like them. I know a lot of readers skip them, which is interesting. So the reason that I put a prologue on book one on the Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince was because the way I'd done the prequel novella, it segues straight into the events of book one. And in book one, all of a sudden there are a whole bunch of characters and my lovely writer friend, Dorinda Jones freaked the fuck out when she read it. And she said, there's way too many characters way too fast and your readers are going to hate you. And it's too confusing. She said, I got confused and I had read the prequel novella. So it, it was a, um, it was a welcome freaking, but it was also late in the game. She was like, Oh, you know, what if you start it? Like <laughs> she wanted me to like start it a couple months later or something like that. She is struggling with a revision right now where her editor is asking her to change the opening and she's like, I'm not changing my opening. So I should remind her of this very thing that she suggested. I change my opening. I couldn't, it was too late. I was like, you know, sliding under the wire to get this published anyway. I thought she was probably right. I considered like postponing publication and you know, all of this, I was freaking the fuck out. But then I, talked to a couple other people and, and I think including her and we came up with the idea of doing a prologue that would introduce the two main characters because all of these books that, um, female and male main characters have been friends or, or their cousins, um, since childhood that they've all grown up together. So this is all basically friends to lovers and Selena and Ryan are the only two that were actually lovers as teenagers. And the rest of them were sort of nurturing these, uh, quiet desires for each other. Or as in the case of Zeph, not so quiet desire. Zeph doesn't do anything quietly. I just love her. I'm, I'm rereading that book now cause I'm rereading the whole series to remind myself of everything. And, um, I just love the way she pursues Aster with such wholehearted passion. And I know that some readers, uh, complained about it because they said, well, he, he says no. Um, you know, and, and Aster's the Virgin Prince. And Aster says no, because he feels like he has to, like, it's the honorable thing to do. He doesn't say no, because he doesn't want to, he wants it. Um, I know he wants it <laughs> and I thought I made it clear that he wants it, but it's been pointed out to me by a number of people that if I had gender flipped this, if it had been the female princess who was a virgin and deliberately clinging to her honor, uh, while the seductive 
um, non-royal that she's secretly passionate for was determinedly seducing her that this has been done many times and it would have been fine. I had so much fun flipping that trope. Um, but, and, and some people love it, but not everybody loved it. And I think it's funny. It's like Zeph is being unmaidenly in her determined pursuit of Aster, which yes, Zeph is no maiden. Um, so anyway, I'm getting off track here. So what I ended up doing in that prologue was going back to when Zeph and Aster are teenagers and a little bit of flirtation play to set up that longing and relationship. And so that way I got the reader to focus on the pair of them knowing that they are the main characters of this book. So, um, so yeah, that's why. So since I had done that with book one, I've done it for all four books. And each of the prologues follows that same model where it does a glimpse back to their, um, to their youth and sets up their relationship. And with Selena and Ryan, the prologue shows um, that fateful incident. So, um, so yeah, you can read that in the Fierce Hearts anthology. Money goes to a great cause. Please support that. Link in the show notes, etc., etc. And my other news is that the podcast interview I did with Kingdom of Thirst is up on, uh, well, on the Kingdom of Thirst uh, podcast. I'll put a link to that as well. In fact, I should, well, I'll remember to do that. Uh, so go ahead and take a listen. Uh, Abigail did a great job interviewing me. She says that there are echoes that she couldn't edit out. This is entirely my fault because she told me to use headphones or earbuds and I didn't because I never use it here. And I, I guess this room is a little echoey, but I mean, this is where I sat to do it, but her, what she uses, her equipment she uses for the podcast, I think is just so much more sensitive that it really got a lot of echoes and I should have, I just used the computer mic like I use this and I should have switched to my phone and used the earbuds. And so that was entirely my bad. I don't have headphones that I plug into this laptop and I should probably just get some for that kind of thing. I don't like wearing them, um, but I do love my, I could do my little ad here. These are my Bose Sound Sport earbuds. We gave a pair of these to my brother-in-law for Christmas and it was his birthday yesterday and I sent him a happy birthday and then he also said, I love those earbuds by the way. So these are the best things. They're little wireless earbuds. You loop them behind your neck. It has a built-in mic and I have very small ears, very small ear openings and they just fit in perfectly. They come with a couple of different sizes of things. So anyway, I um, I need to use those from now on. I'm sorry, Abigail. I, 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 I do suck. I, cause she would, she even like sent me this whole tips and tricks ahead of time. And, and I did read it, but I thought, Oh, I don't need to do the earbud microphone thing because I never do. 
I even said it in that voice. So I'm stuck. I'm sorry, but it's a great interview. Um, Abigail's a fantastic interviewer. She, um, it was a great conversation and I think you guys will enjoy it a whole bunch. So on that note, I'm going to head out. I've got writer coffee today and I will talk to you all tomorrow. No fooling. You all take care. Bye-bye.